This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over our week three waiver wire pickups. Zach, I missed you yesterday, man. <laughs> yeah, you're coming. we're coming to you from the road. At least Faraz is coming to you from the road because he's not where he usually is. He's out on a business trip, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I'm traveling this week. So, you know, the schedule might be a little bit off. Uh, You know, at least we're getting this podcast in early. So you guys will have some waiver wire pickups uh, to listen to, you know, to kind of ponder over throughout Tuesday. Um, So, yeah, uh, regular scheduled programming back on Thursday. Uh, We're going to see what we can do about tomorrow, uh, Wednesday's podcast, but we'll try to get that going as well. Um, But two games last night, man, a couple blowouts. In yeah. these games, right? Uh, the Bills just absolutely walloped the Titans. Uh, Stefan Diggs single-handedly just destroyed them. Yeah. Three touchdowns in that game. Uh, he has the most receiving yards of any wide receiver. No, I'm sorry. He has the most fantasy points of any wide receiver in in two weeks uh, in the last 20 years. Um, oh, so that's light uh, work. <laughs> shout out to my boy Dalton for that tweet. saw that earlier today. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he absolutely killed it. Uh, you know, a couple duds, you know, you know, Derek Henry, you know, at, at least he got the touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. But that's about but, uh, it. <laughs> that's about it, man. Uh, you know, we'll talk, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Traylon Burks. You know, he was a little bit more involved. He was targeted on a lot of his routes, which was good. He's still in a rotation, but, you know, that, that you know, can improve, you know, and he should probably be picked up as we'll talk about. Um but yeah, any other thoughts about this Bills offense? Uh, I'm sorry, or the Bills Titans in general? No, just the Bills are the best team in the league. That's all. Pretty much. <laughs> Nothing and, uh, much. You know, the best team in the league and maybe the best fantasy team in the league because you got your top quarterback and your top receivers. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> I uh, A lot of people are talking about the Bills-Eagles uh, as a potential uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, as no. a little preview that yeah. we saw yesterday, you know, both of them destroying the, their opponents. But – the Eagles do look good, man. They yeah. do look good. You know, their defense is looking solid. You know, I know that hurts you as a Cowboys fan to say. Uh, I to love Hurts. You know, <laughs> if you talk to my friends or a couple of people that I've talked to, you know, I love Jalen Hurts, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. And I was more hopeful of Hurts this season than even my Eagles fan friends. So I'm going <laughs> to stick it to them because clearly Jalen Hurts, he's pretty good. And not just for fantasy purposes. He was lighting up. Oh, yeah. He was on target last night. It was great. You know, I love seeing that, even though he is an Eagle. Um, I, I think that he deserves to have a good season in this league and he's going to get it. This is just for sure. For sure. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Justin Jefferson came back to earth yesterday, you know, after, after what he did in week one, you're just yeah. looking at that and just, as, you're going to, you know, we're all going to assume that he's just going to do that week in and week out, but he couldn't get that done. The Eagles, you know, really, you know, came in with a really, a, you know, a good game plan against them, uh, shut him down. Uh, you know, and obviously that offense wasn't looking amazing. Um, yeah. Maybe it was just uh, Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins, you know, just reared its ugly head yeah, again. So. It is what it is, you know, with the Kirk Cousins and that Monday Night. Like, there's just two things that don't really go together. Yeah. Um, you know, Irv Smith, you know, kind of, you know, you know, he he had that broken thumb, came back in week one, you know, didn't run a ton of routes, didn't have much production. But he did see eight targets in this game that was second behind Justin Jefferson. Um, and he ran uh, 30 routes on 50 potential dropbacks. So, uh, his role definitely increased, and you know he's been—he was a sleeper for a lot of people. And you know, there, it is possible that he gets even more involved next week because there is still some room to grow. So, if you're looking for a tight end, you know, we'll talk about a few tight end streamers uh, in a bit. But he's somebody that you could potentially pick up. Yeah, and he's been a sleeper for a long time. And just before we jump <laughs> in the wave, just before we jump in the waivers here, because you said about the Bills, the Eagles, 
um, potential Super Bowl preview. You know, um, I saw a post somewhere. I forget where it was. It might have just been one of the meme pages on NFL. But um, it said that we're not sure if the United States has the infrastructure for a Bills Eagles Super Bowl <laughs> with I their fan bases. It's 100% yep. true. That would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. That would be insane. That would be insane. Um, but yeah, man, let's get right into the the, the waiver wire. Um, you know, w- I'll have something in article form uh, later today as well, uh, and we'll have a post up too. So uh, kind of having these guys in order. But you know, just before I get into it, I just want to say that you know you, you're gonna have a di- you're gonna have different preferences. I have this in order right now. You know, based on like just like you know, if you were agnostic about what you need, um, mm. but. You know, you might need somebody for next week, right? You might need somebody to stash. You, you might rather have somebody to just hold. You know, you're looking good. All your starting lineup, you know, is looking solid. You know, you know, props to you. I'm very jealous of you right now if that's the case because it's not <laughs> the case for me in a lot of leagues. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, if, you, if you're chilling, you know, you might want to, you know, shoot for upside and have these high upside bench stashes, you know, rather than, you know, a guy that, you know, you, you can only start next week, right? Um, right. so, so just keep that in mind, um, before you start picking these guys up, uh, at number one, I think there's a clear number one this week, right? And that's Garrett Wilson. Um, he's only rostered 24% of Yahoo leagues, uh, you know, caught the game winning touchdown, uh, in week two. And listen, like, you know, he, he, he leapt above Elijah Moore in this game. Um, he, he, he's been targeted, you know, a ton, you know, in terms of like the routes that he did run, he's running less routes than Elijah Moore, uh, but he's being targeted a ton, uh, double-digit targets in this game. The rookies really showed out this week. Uh, the rookie yeah. wide receivers, the, the first-round guys, uh, even Jahan Dotson ended up catching the touchdown too. So, um, but Garrett Wilson, you know, somebody that you know should not have been rostered in only twenty-four percent. Um, so he he should be picked up, and you know he has a ton of upside. And I think that, you know, if you, you know, you should make it a priority to to spend uh, some fab on him uh, if, you know, if you need a wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as long as Joe Flacco's quarterback, you know, there's going to be the 50, 60 pass attempts a game. And that's exactly what you're looking for. And I was actually surprised that this ended up being a shootout like it was not okay, maybe not so much a shootout. Now that I think about it. it was a high scoring game because, you know, like a, it was a Nick Chubb versus the pass game for the Jets, basically. Yeah. And then. You know, the past game for the Jets really showed up. That last minute was a minute 44, you know, put up yeah, a ton of points. Two now, touchdowns, yep. And yeah, you mentioned Garrett Wilson caught the game-winning touchdown, but he also caught another neutral game script touchdown, which means he's not just getting targeted because, you know, they're down 16 or whatever, how many, however many points in the last two minutes of the game, you know. He's getting the ball regardless of what the game script is. And, you know, I kind of said about this in the offseason, how Garrett Wilson, you know, I don't think they drafted him to play behind Elijah Moore. And it's early, you know. But it's interesting that he did already kind of leap Elijah Moore in terms of usage um, these first two weeks. Plenty of season sure. left. But, um, you know, Garrett well, Wilson, definitely a guy to go spend some money on because he could easily be wide receiver one there if um, things shake out correctly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and we knew that this was in the range of possibilities. You know, Elijah Moore showed that he can get it done in the NFL. Garrett Wilson yeah. coming in as the better prospect than Elijah Moore coming in into the league. Uh, but, you know, these rookie wide receivers, man, it's taking less and less and less time for them to, for them to become acclimated to the NFL. You know, yeah. uh, look at these round one wide receivers right away. You know, they're getting done. Uh, Drake London, you know, getting it done. Uh, Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson getting it done. You know, so, you know, all these, you know, Chris Olave, you know, getting the targets, leading his team in targets and, and air yards. So, yeah. You know, it's taken less and less time for these rookies to show out. And um, Garrett Wilson, you know, can potentially lead this team moving forward. You know, Elijah Moore, you know, pretty disappointing. You know, I don't think he reached uh, – well, he did reach 10 targets over two games, but only five targets in this game. He did, you know, run 45 or 47 routes, and Garrett Wilson only ran 37. Uh, but on a per-route basis, Garrett Wilson's being targeted way more. 14 targets on 37 routes run. So uh, he's somebody to spend spend up on. You know, if you need a wide receiver, I'm okay spending you know twenty to thirty percent if you need if if you need if you need um, help there um, at the position. Yeah, and it's, and it's kind of weird that Elijah Moore isn't getting that target share like we wanted him to because you know Joe Flacco was a big catalyst for him last season, and he was part of the reason that he got all those targets and kind of had us thinking that he'd be breaking out this season. So it's interesting. You know, it's weird to think 
that that hasn't really carried over. And we haven't seen it now in two games and two very different games, I think, um, in terms of, like I said, game script and that kind of thing. Definitely, man. All right. Um, I have Carson Wentz uh, at number two, and this is rare for me to have a quarterback so <laughs> so early uh, in this, in these waiver wire rankings. But Carson Wentz, man, he, he got it done, you know, two weeks in a row um, for fantasy, like in a big way. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking right now to see what the uh, I think, you know, going into yesterday, he was like the QB, two, But obviously you had two ballers playing last night. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking to see you know, where he's at in terms of points. Uh, he's a QB4 right now. And Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. So he has a yeah. tough matchup this week. I think he's going up against Philly. Um, but but uh, it is a little bit of a revenge game for him. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, this week, if you need a quarterback, I know it's a tough matchup. Uh, but I, I am okay playing him this week. The, the Eagles are a pass. I mean, I'm sorry. The um, the, the the Commanders are a pass heavy team right now. They have the weapons, um, and he's looking good. Yeah, no, I, I like Carson Wentz as a waiver pickup. I think that you can safely have him as you know QB two, even though he is QB four right now. I don't know how long this production is going to last. Um, I could see this getting out of hand again, just kind of like it did against the Lions, and it's just a high pass volume game because the Eagles are actually you know very good. Um, I don't see Carson Wentz having a revenge game. You know, I think the best his best days are past him, but he is still a good quarterback. And I think that, you know, I mean, I, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. But um, definitely it, it might be a tough matchup for him this week. It might be a tough matchup for him this week. But you know, this is more of a you know Longer. pick up and you know lo- you know play him the entire season type of play um, yeah. if it continues. You know, because because things are looking good in terms of a utilization perspective for this offense. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's somebody that you can potentially start every single week. He just might not have a great week <laughs> in week three, yeah. um, you know, but, uh, but moving forward, you know, he's somebody that you, you should have in your roster. And he shouldn't be available in all the leagues that he is. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're, if you just lost Trey Lance, you know, if you, you know, if you're, if you're kind of looking at these bottom, ba- uh, uh, you know, the bottom of the tight end one spectrum, you know, he's somebody that, you know, should be picked up and started. Yeah, uh, I got Gerald Everett here uh, at number three. Uh, he's rostering fifty eight percent of of leagues now. You know Gerald Everett. You know he had he he didn't run a route on you know I think he only ran a route on like sixty percent of dropbacks this past week. But you know he's on a good offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he could you know we could you know he did mix up a little bit with with uh, Trey McKitty. You know we also have you know some other tight ends coming back. However. You know, this is a really good offense, right? And even though he might not get, you know, the type of route participation that we want, you know, you still want to get a guy who's on a good offense, who has athletic ability. And uh, <laughs> let's see if we talk about his athletic ability in every single podcast that yeah, we do, right? Uh, you know, throughout throughout the season. But <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, in in terms of like when you're looking at these bottom. Uh, tight end one guys, high end tight end two guys. Like you're looking for, you know, whatever you can get. Like you just want a touchdown, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So he's somebody that you can pick up, you know, put put in your lineup, and I think he'll be solid. And and from a fantasy perspective, he was pretty solid, you know, o- over the last two weeks. Yeah, and as a, like you said, you know, we've been talking about Gerald Everett the whole time, pretty much leading up to the season, and now the first few weeks in the season. At this point, you know, if you're short tight ends, just grab Gerald Everett. I think he has a high upside he, the- of the guys in that range. As of right now, he's a tight end four <laughs> behind yeah. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller. That that tells you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about... and it just speaks to the tight end position is so shallow. Like, yeah. it's just ridiculous. I mean, not that it was it, it can really get that deep, but um, I think it just feels extremely shallow because if you're not Travis Kelsey or you're not Mark Andrews, um, even you know George Kittle's kind of falling out because of his health issues. So. If you don't have either of those two, it's kind of just a plug and play, and you get lucky every week if you get a touchdown. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, so, so moving on to the next guy I have here, Jahan Dotson. Didn't see a huge target share in in week two, uh, but he did play. He did run around on on every single one of um, on every single a uh, drop back for Carson Wentz. Um, only ten percent targets, only four targets, but he did catch that touchdown, um, yeah. w- which is what you want to see. Um, all of these wide receivers are involved. Um, Jahan Dotson's role hit, can increase as the season goes on. Um, you know, so that's kind of why I have him here. Uh, he might not be like the best play out of all these wide receivers that I have on this list, but 
he's somebody that, you know, he caught three touchdowns in two games. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you got to pay attention to that. And he's somebody that Carson Wentz is looking for uh, in the end zone. So, you know, we've been talking about him as well. Uh, he's somebody that should be rostered uh, if he's not already rostered in the league. Yeah, and it's not just the end zone targets that we're talking about. You know, he said he didn't get very much target share, and that's true. But, you know, the quality of the targets that he's getting is pretty good. You know, his two touchdowns in week one were 20-yard, 30-yard intermediate touchdown passes. And then he also got a target this week, 49-yard, and he caught it, you know. So he's getting passes down the field. He's getting passes short. He's getting passes in the end zone. It's wor- it's a workload that you can kind of be happy relying on in your flex if you're in a bad spot with your receivers. Um, I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if he's still on the waiver wire after the last two weeks. But um, if he is there, definitely you know scoop him up. Throw a little fab at him. Um, he's not a priority ad like Garrett Wilson, I don't think. But you know, if you can't get Garrett Wilson, you want a consolation. Maybe everybody has their eyes set on Garrett Wilson. You can kind of scoop up Jahan Dotson at a discount. You know, maybe play that. Yeah. Um, now Jerry Jones is saying that there's a chance that Michael Gallup comes back this week. Um, and he's available in a, in a ton of leagues. So if he's available, you know, scoop him up. You know, there is a need for a clear wide receiver too right now uh, on the Cowboys. However, if he doesn't come back, Noel Brown has looked pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, Dalton Schultz also, you know, he has a PCL injury. He might not be as effective. Even if he doesn't miss any time, he might miss a little bit of time. But even if he doesn't miss a little bit of time, that's the same injury that Zeke had last year. Um, and, you know, Schultz might not be the same type of guy. Um, you know, as he was last year. So, you know, Noah Brown, you know, he like just watching that game, like he looked good and it seemed Mm -hmm. like him and Cooper Rush had some sort of, you know, chemistry. Um, so, you know, if you're in a pinch, you know, if you're in a deeper league and you really need, you know, if you, if your league has like, you know, three wide receiver spots and a flex, uh, you know, 12 team league, you know, Noah Brown is somebody that you can potentially plug in, you know, and get some sort of flex value, uh, if Michael Gallup is out. Uh, I have Noah Brown down this list at like number 15, um, yeah. but he's somebody that, you know, if Michael Gallup, we knew that he wasn't going to play this week, he, he would he would probably move up uh, in these rankings. Yeah, I, I, would, I would consider picking up Gallup now. I don't think he's going to be much of a contributor this week. Um, they did say that if he does come back, he'd be on a, I think, a snap count. That's one of the reports I heard. So I'm not, I wouldn't be too confident starting Michael Gallup. I wouldn't pick him up to start him this week. I'd pick him up to start him when he's back and fully healthy. And yeah. to go off of what you said about Noah Brown, yes, he did look good. And he's going to continue to be, you know, looking good as long as Cooper Rush is quarterback because these are the guys that work together every day in practice while, you know, the starters are out playing, you know. Cooper Rush was, you know, he's taking second team reps all offseason, you know, in the training camp. He's been working with Noah Brown because Noah Brown's been that number two guy. He's been actually relatively buried on the depth chart, you know, obviously behind Michael Gallup. But um, they've been working together for a long time. And there's no surprise that the backup quarterback to the – you don't want to call him backup receiver. He's a wide receiver too um, on the Cowboys offense. No surprise that they have chemistry there. And I just kind of take advantage of that as long as Cooper Rush is at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, Noah Brown still saw nine targets in week one as well. Um, you know, so, you know, this – you know, it could be a thing, you know, depending on Gallup status, right, moving forward. You know, will Gallup be at 100%? So just keep that in mind that there can be room – for wide receiver two behind C.D. Lamb, uh, and if you know if Gallup, you know is is you know gets back to himself, um, then there's definitely room for Michael Gallup to be able to 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 do his thing in this offense, regardless of you know if you know when Dak is back. I know yeah. that you know Jerry Jones seems to be wanting to rush him back. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't work out so well for Russell Wilson uh, last <laughs> right. year, um, but you know hopefully you know I, I think with Cooper Rush the way he's playing right now it's it's, it's good enough. And the way that yeah. Dallas's defense is playing right now, it's good enough. Yeah. Um, I have Robbie Anderson here at number six. You know, he didn't have as good of a game. He did get some shadow coverage in this game in week two. Baker Mayfield, not looking great, to be honest. Uh, however, no. you know, there is a little bit of room, you know, for some wide receiver thing in this offense. So Robbie Anderson had the big week one. I think a lot of people might be off of him in week, you know, going into week three. But I do think Robbie Anderson is still, you know, a potential, you know, top 40, top 45 fantasy wide receiver. Um, so yeah. in 12 team leagues, he should be rostered. Um, you you know, he's a borderline start, you know, but you know, somebody that you can always plug in if you need help at wide receiver. So in those type of leagues, he shouldn't be uh on the waiver wire. No, and you know, he did have a kind of rough week this week, but he was actually, you know, the Giants defense is actually looks much improved. It doesn't look like it's a bad defense. So right. you can kind of give him 
that kind of you kind of cut him a little slack there. Um, Baker Mayfield hasn't looked very good. You know, we had hope that maybe Baker Mayfield be able to produce. You know, or at least make um, Robbie Anderson and DJ more relevant. It looks like it's going to be either or, or if it's one of them, it might not be either of them. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's a little uh, shaky. He's um, not necessarily the most reliable quarterback, but um, he'll have to get it done for now. Robbie Anderson will be fine, I think. I think he'll be back to his regularly scheduled production <laughs> of a few catches, uh, yeah. maybe a deep, maybe a deep pass here or there, um, and a touchdown maybe. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I'm not as big a fan of Robbie Anderson as I was, you know, the first week. I was hoping maybe we'd see that target share um, remain a little more, a little bit more consistent, and it didn't. So I'm kind of back down to earth with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I was calling him a priority ad last week. It might be a little bit of a, you know, um, sneaky, you know, it, you know, if you're if you're desperate, you know, and you need a wide receiver, he won't he might not be as bad of a play. You know, I would assume that Marshall Lattimore would be on DJ more this week. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson can potentially, you know, spring free uh, yeah. in that game. Um, I have Raheem Mostert here at number seven. And, you know, obviously, if you need a running back, you know, prioritize him, you know, over a couple of these guys that we just mentioned. Um, but Raheem Mostert, you know, surprisingly ended up being the guy, you know, over Chase Evans. And, you know, we talked about this in yesterday's podcast, uh, you know, Chase Evans, we were, you know, and we were hoping that Chase Evans was going to be the guy, right? He was yeah. the guy in week one. Uh, he led them uh, in carries. He led them in, in led the backfield in, in targets and in snap share and in routes run. And that flipped in week two. Uh, Raheem Mostert, you know, running more routes than Chase Edmonds, getting more of the of the share in terms of carries. Uh, so this is, you know, this could be a flip flop, you know, every single week. You know, yeah. we don't know. This is a two week sample size. One week was Chase Edmonds. One week was Raheem Mostert. We don't know what's up, right? Moving forward. So and also in terms of goal line carries, in terms of goal line snaps, that was Raheem Mostert this week. All Raheem Mostert this week. So uh, we got our answer there, maybe, unless they flip-flop back on that role as well, because they already flip-flopped on two roles, early down role and the passing back role. Um, nice. Chase Edmonds is going to be most likely the guy who, you know, if the Dolphins get down, you know, the, most likely long-term, he'll be that he'll be that guy. Um, Raheem Mostert also hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. So, you know, don't, like, cut Chase Edmonds or anything like that. Just keep him on your bench if you don't want to start him, if you don't feel confident in that situation. But not looking great for Chase Edmonds after after a promising week one. Uh, so yeah. pick up Raheem Mostert, you know, if you're in desperate need of a running back, you know, and you, you can throw him in. You know, this is this offense has the chance to be good. Um, so you might be able to get some opportunity here, especially if Raheem Mostert is going to get the goal line opportunities. So yeah. pick him up if you need to start him out of desperation. Do it, but just understand that this could flip-flop easily back to Chase Evans. Yeah, and, you know, it's tough to say that, you know, you want to rely on any Dolphins running backs. Raheem Mostert did look um, pretty good as far as usage goes. I was really disappointed because, you know, I was off of Chase Evans, and then you put me on to Chase Evans, and now I'm back off of Chase Evans. <laughs> but, um, you know, with the running backs, it's tough to see. Like, you know, even if they get down, it seems like they're just going to feed it to the receivers and I wouldn't blame them if they, and I don't want to overreact to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know, they both went over 40 points, but it seems pretty clear that this is pass first offense. I, I don't think the run game is going to be much, if anything, a factor unless they really go up. And even at that point, you know, I, I just don't think that um, either of these running backs seem terribly startable because of the uncertainty and because, their usage is just so low. I mean, and, and that's part of the reason why I like Chase Edmonds too, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, and, and you look at that before coming into the season, you look at that backfield, right? And then Sony Michelle's gone. You're like, all right, well, you have Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. This that duo does not seem like the type of duo that you would have if you're trying to have a strong run game, right? Yeah. It's more like you know Chase Edmonds, like you know they could kind of share the work on on early downs, and then when they pass the ball, Chase Edmonds will be running a ton of routes. You know, and that's what was intriguing for me because, you know, that's what matters. If you're running a route on 65 to 70 percent of dropbacks, um, that could potentially be, you know, elite type of PPR production. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that was what the upside was. But now with these roles all kind of mixed up, it doesn't seem as promising as of right now, you know, until, you know, we get a clear answer uh, if, you know, one person starts to take the lead here. Mm -hmm. The takeaway here, though, is, you know, Raheem Mostert wasn't even on the radar. But after last week, he is, you know, <laughs> he's yeah. worth taking a shot on. If you're really in desperation mode and you need to have a running back, you know, 
it could go his way any week. It could go Chase Edmonds' way any week. Um, you know, just to have that if you're in a bad spot, just in case you need to. I don't think that's bad. Traylon Burks ended up getting some more action uh, in, in last night's game. Uh, he's starting to play over Nick Westbrook-Akina a little bit, um, starting to get some more snaps. It's happening pretty slowly for him. Uh, but, you know, in terms of him being targeted on his routes, he's being targeted uh, at a pretty uh, high percentage. So uh, if I'm looking at I, I'm just going to pull up last night's game, see how many routes he ran. So he ran um, – now so he ran 16 routes he was targeted on six of them so that's a pretty high rate um there was only 22 dropbacks in this game you know with the first team so you know the fact that he was being he's, he was targeted most out of any of these receivers um is a good sign moving forward so yeah he's somebody who has some upside it was a terrible outing you know by the titans they just got shellacked in this game so just yeah. you know don't worry about it He's he's a stash, right? He's somebody that who has the upside to potentially, you know, late season uh, have a ton of usage, right? Because this offense, they need something, right? Derrick yeah. Henry, you know, isn't really showing out. They need something. They they need a spark, and I think he's the guy who's who they have no choice but to get the ball in his hands and you know try to get him to be that guy. So you know, might not want to start him just yet, but throw him on your bench and stash him. Yeah, I think that could eventually end up force feeding Traylon Burks. You know, as the season goes on, it's going to become more and more um, obvious that they do need a spark, like you said. I think it's pretty obvious right now. But it seems like the Titans offense, they were planning to rely on Derrick Henry. And, you know, they were okay with being one-dimensional. And now Derrick Henry isn't Derrick Henry of old. And now they're scrambling and they're trying to figure out what's going on. The offense is all out of sorts. But if there's anybody that's going to be um, getting the ball and doing – Think good things with the ball in their hands after the catch, it would be Traylon Burks. Like, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't count on Nick Westbrook Akina be, to be doing what Traylon Burks can do with the ball in the sands. I'm not counting on Robert Woods or even Austin Hooper. You know, Ryan Tannehill, it just sucks. You know, you want to be higher on Traylon Burks, but Ryan Tannehill just doesn't. He looks back like the Dolphins, um, Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> that we know. So uh, I'd say um, the offense is bad. You can target a good receiver on a bad offense and hope for volume. I think eventually that's going to come. But um, as of right now, I think I, I agree. You know, he's kind of a bench stash, and he could come on as the season goes on. And what's intriguing to me is if you stash him now and then say maybe Malik Willis, you know, somehow gets in a lineup later in the season because Ryan Tannehill isn't doing his thing, you know, that could open things up and maybe get him a little bit more upside, make the offense a little bit more dynamic. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um if you need a wide receiver for, for this week coming up, uh, Josh Palmer, you know, might be somebody that you can still play. Uh, we don't know what Keenan Allen's status is. So, you know, this Sunday would mark two weeks since his hamstring injury. It is possible to hold him out another week. No word on that just yet. Uh, so if he is out, Josh, Josh Palmer, I think he'll be a wide receiver three play. You know, you know, he had some bad throws going to him, you know, last week, you know, not, <laughs> it was kind of unlike Justin Herbert. Um, but you know, even with Herbert's injury, you know, he is day to day. It doesn't seem like, uh, he's going to miss next, uh, this week coming up. We, we don't know that for sure. Uh, but if he doesn't miss, I think Josh Palmer, uh, would be a solid play as a wide receiver three, uh, if Keenan Allen does miss. Right. And just how he was last week, I'm looking at it exactly the same way. You know, Josh Palmer should be in line for a decent workload. And as long as it's Justin Herbert throwing the ball, you know, he's liable to score a touchdown. Um, I'd expect similar production. Uh, out of him this week as long as Keenan Allen is out as last week yeah I mean 23% target share from Justin Herbert I'll take that all day long um all right so the next guy I have here is Dow Williams uh James Conner had a, a has an ankle injury we we think that it's a low ankle injury it doesn't seem like it's a serious one so it's possible that he doesn't even miss this week um yeah. but it's likely going to be a split between Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin. Um, they kind of split work down the line, um, but they and you know they're both getting work on in every situation on early downs, uh, on passing downs. They're kind of splitting all that work. The only work that they did not split was the goal line snaps. Every yeah. single, I think they had eight goal line snaps in that game. All of them went to Daryl Williams, so he, that's the tiebreaker for me. If I'm choosing between these two guys, Daryl Williams would be the guy that I pick up. Just keep in mind that this could be a little bit of an annoying situation with this with this uh, backfield split. You know, don't expect a ton, 
but there is a little bit of upside here if the Cardinals are able to kind of find themselves and get their offense going a little bit. The first time they got their offense going was like late in this game uh, yeah. in week two. So if they do get their offense going a little bit and if James Conner misses, I think Dow Williams, you know, could be, you know, an upside flex play. Yeah, I think so. You know, and definitely monitor James Conner's injury. Um, even if he doesn't play, uh, I wouldn't expect too much out of Darrell Williams. I'd look at, you know, a couple carries. If he gets a couple goal line carries, you know, he might score a touchdown for you and it might give him flex value. I, I'm not counting on Darrell Williams to be a big producer in the long term, as long as James Conner's healthy, but it could work to have him as a handcuff just in case anything would happen again um, more serious to James Conner. That's really how I'm I, w- I wouldn't it. hold I wouldn't hold Darrell Williams. Like if, once James Conner's healthy, I wouldn't hold him on my bench. Like it, it doesn't, you know, because he's not a three down handcuff for him. Like if we knew that Darrell Williams was like an every down guy, uh, either him or Chase or, or, you know, Benjamin, then I would hold them on my bench while uh, if James Conner's healthy. Like as soon as, as soon as James Conner, you know, if they say that he's playing this game, I'm dropping Dow Williams. You know, you I'm dropping, you know, Benjamin. Uh, I might, I might give it a week. I might give it a week because this is James yeah. Conner we're talking about. You know, he is slightly more injury prone than other backs. And I don't want to call yeah. him injury prone, but we've seen it come up before. So I'd give it a week, you know, make sure nothing sure. happens. He doesn't react. The, the, the only reason why I don't care is because it the, the type of split that we saw. Yeah. Right. And that's the only thing. Because if I'm holding Dow Williams, James Conner gets hurt again. All right. Boom. I'm going to put Dallas Williams in my lineup, and then it becomes an Eno Benjamin week. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And, like, why did I hold him? <laughs> you know, why did I why did I use that bench spot for a whole week on him? You know what I'm saying? Right. And that mm-hmm. that's that's something that I, I, I like to avoid. You know, unless I know that the back on my bench, like, like I have a couple of guys on, on my list here. I have Rashad White, you know, coming up soon. Rashad White is somebody I'll hold on my bench because if anything happens to um, Leonard Fournette, he's going to be the every down guy, right? Yeah. Um, if, you know, I don't have to worry about a third back, you know, coming into the mix a whole lot, right? Khalil Herbert, you know, if, if even though that, that offense is hot trash, I know that if David Montgomery is out, he's going to get the every down, all, all the work, right, in that offense. I don't have to worry about a third back coming in here, and I don't have to worry about a, a third back, you know, being more valuable than Khalil Herbert after a game that David Montgomery misses. Yeah. Um, so that that's that that's what sucks about this. Like we thought that there might be an every down handcuff in this offense on the Cardinals' offense, which would have had a ton of value, uh, but it doesn't seem to be the case as of right now. Um, but if I had to pick between one of these two guys for next week, you know, if James Conner were to miss, I'll probably go. I'll probably go with uh, Dow Williams. Um, another guy you you might be able to plug in next week is Mark Ingram. The reason why one of the reasons why I was two reasons why I was off of Mark Ingram this past week with Alvin Kamara missing was because number one, Mark Ingram was also kind of banged up coming into the game. Yeah. Uh, and number two, they were going up against uh, a tough front, right? Uh, tough Bucks fronts. Now, he still did pretty good. He, I think he averaged six yards per carry. He had 10, 10 carries in this game for 60 yards. He was a little bit involved in the passing game. Um, and I think going into th- next week, if Alvin Kamara were to miss again, um, if Mark, Mark Ingram might have a chance to practice in full this week. Right. And if yeah. that happens, I would assume that he's a little bit better. Uh, you know, he's, he's good to go. And, he, you know, he looked fine last week. He looked good. So um, I think he might get a little bit more work and be used as a little bit more of a workhorse uh, in that game and not have the backfield split so much. Uh, also, New Orleans offense, they couldn't get anything going. Right. Pretty much all game long. It was a low yeah. scoring game, you know, throughout the almost throughout the entire game. Um, so we they could see some better success next week. So just keep an eye out for, for you know, with Alvin Kamara's status. And I think, you know, g- going into week three, you might look at Mark Ingram a little bit differently than you looked at him going into week two. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they, they have a chance to get a, have a get right game. They're playing Carolina next week. So yeah. um, I, I think that the matchup's pretty good. And like you said, Mark Ingram, you know, he, he's older, but he's still pretty efficient. He has he's averaged five and a half carries in week one. Five, not carries five and a half yards per carry week one and six yards per carry week two. And as long as Alvin Kamara is out, you know, that's going to be their guy they're going to turn to. They have history with, you know, the Saints do with Mark Ingram. They had him. And then, you know, he obviously went off. He played for the Texans, a couple other teams, came back playing for the Saints. And, um, you know, that could also benefit him. I think that even, even though I expect this to be pass first, you know, he could get the work that he needs. Um, he can fill in nicely, I think. He'll be serviceable for you this week. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and, and we're really getting to the weeds now. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. not a whole lot of waiver wire targets this week. So we're really getting to the weeds. But, you know, 
based on the type of injuries that we had last year, last week, based on type of, you know, uh, questions that we were getting, it seems like a lot of these guys might be needed, you know, yeah. going into week three. Um, but Rashad White, you know, I have him here. Rashad White, you know, we, we just mentioned that if anything were to happen to Leonard Fournette, you know, he would be the three-down back on a good offense with Tom Brady, who likes to pepper his running backs in the pass game. So he would be, a, you know, priority bench dash. Uh, I have Tyler Boyd here as well, 57% uh, rostered on Yahoo. Um, you know, with Boyd, you know, he's, you know, he is startable, you know, as a flex play, but he's going to have his, the, like the type of games that he had in week two, where, you know, he doesn't yeah. do anything, um, but he's going to have his boom weeks too, right? Uh, it's a, it's a good offense. He is the third option uh, in the pass mm-hmm. game there. Uh, and if T Higgins or Jamar Chase were to ever miss time, you know, he is like one, one of the best wide receiver handcuffs to have, uh, who happens to have a little bit of standalone value as well. So, you know, I've noticed that his roster um, percentage uh, has gone down um, over the last two weeks. So yeah. he's somebody that, you you know, you could potentially scoop up after somebody drops them this week. And you might be able to get them for free. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine the Bengals offense not getting things right with the amount yeah. of weapons they have. Between Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, like you said, Tyler Boyd, they have Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. You know, the offensive line was retooled, but it just hasn't looked good. If they could just get their feet under them a little bit. You know, instead of having six sacks a game, maybe just have three sacks a game. Um, you know, you talked about this Bengals offense and the opportunity that it had to really just go nuclear with they up the uh, play speed that they have. So um, they have all of the tools that they need to do well. They just haven't put it together. Maybe it's just a Super Bowl hangover. We'll have to see. But um, there's no reason I don't think yet to even panic. I'd say, um, you know, they'll get right. You just have to give it time. And then I think they'll be back to the Bengals offensive old sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, the next guy I have here is Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, um, you know, 38% target share in week two, um, had a solid game. And, you know, another solid, you know, this is exactly what we knew that Jacoby Myers was going to be. Uh, Nelson Aguilar obviously had a good game as well. Uh, but, you know, it was it was, it was was Jacoby Myers who had that, that the type of target share that you're looking for. So if you're in a PPR league, full PPR league, you know, he's somebody that you can pick up and you can potentially start every single week, you know, as a PPR flex play uh, with a relatively high floor, you know, similar to what he saw, we saw last year, last uh, year. Um, you know, obviously the Patriots didn't have a great week one. Um, so, you know, he couldn't have as big of a day as, as he did in week two. Um, but we could see the, the, I think we see these type of games that we saw in week two more often than the type of games we saw in week one from Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, Devontae Parker's there, but he's not making a huge impact right now. So right. Jacoby Myers is the guy. I think if I had to own uh, any receiver on the pack on the Patriots, it would probably be Jacoby. Yeah, I didn't anticipate Devontae Parker doing much or taking too many targets. And I actually kind of pegged Jacoby Myers as one of my sleepers. I talked about him pretty much over the offseason about how, you know, he could be the value. And, you know, you look at the Patriots offense, you think, okay, it's Mac Jones throwing the ball. They're not a huge offensive team, but he's still, I think, the clear-cut wide receiver one for the Patriots. And Mac Jones is going to be looking his way all game, every game. So as long as he's healthy, you know, there's no reason to not start him. He's really their best weapon in the receiving game right now. And, you know, you can kind of back up uh, that idea with the fact they got, what was it, 13 targets? Was it last week? So he's getting plenty of work. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, he got he's getting Nine plenty catches. of work. There's nothing to be not happy about. Um, you didn't draft him expecting him to be an every week starter. So if he can be an every week starter for you at flex, even you know, I think that you're getting by just fine. Yeah, he's and he's only rostered on thirty in thirty five percent of leagues, so uh, he's readily available uh, for you to just pick up and start. Right. Um, I we talked about Noah Brown already. Uh, I had him at number fifteen. He's available in ninety eight percent of leagues. Uh, Eno Benjamin, we talked about him a little bit as well as somebody who, you know, he might not have the as much value as Dow Williams, but he could easily be the guy who does have more value than Dow Williams in week three uh, if James Conner were to miss. So if you're desperate at running back, he will get some work. Yeah. Um, Sterling Shepard at 17, uh, you know, it seems like he's the best Giants wide receiver right now, uh, not named Richie James. Well, I think, you know, I think Sterling Shepard, you know, coming off the Achilles, you know, uh, he's looking okay, um, and he did get a high target share uh, in this past game. So, right. you know, he's somebody that, you know, you look at like, all right, well, you know, I don't love the Giants offense, but at the same time, like Sterling Shepard is getting his targets, and we've seen what he he's done before uh, with Daniel Jones. 
he ran around on 39 of 43 routes, um, and then he ended up with 10 targets in this game, you know, easily led the Giants uh, in in targets. So, you know, he didn't have the production that we wanted, uh, but yeah. if he's getting this type of target share, he should probably be rostered, you know, given uh, his, you know, his past history when he is healthy. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we always touched on um, Sterling Shepard this offseason. We touched on him a couple times, and we just talked about the volume being there. And it's weird. Because sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. But when it's there, it's there. Like double-digit targets. And that's what we just saw last week. Um, it's just the fluctuation and the um, uncertainty you know, at receiver for the Giants. There's so many players. And it could go any one player's way. Um, the weird thing is we're not talking about Kadarius Tony right now. We're talking about Sterling Shepard. Obviously, Kadarius Tony isn't a um, waiver pickup. People will have him on the team. But um, it's weird that we're not talking about him having good production. We're talking about Sterling Shepard possibly being the guy to have as a receiver on the Giants offense. Um, you know, it's perfectly fine. I, I, I view him as like a poor man's uh, Jacoby Myers, if we want to compare it to that, because he can have those good weeks of target share. I just don't think that um, it's going to be there as often as it is for Jacoby Myers. Still worth a pickup. You know, he has a uh, weekly upside, but not, um, I don't think it's be season long upside. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kadarius only, only ran 15 routes in this game. I mean, that is better than week one where he didn't run any. Um, hardly any. Um, right. So, you know, he is he is working his way back from an injury. That's what the team is saying. So, you know, you know, keep that in mind. You know, he does have more season-long upside than Sterling Shepard. So, you know, he's more of a stash. Like, if I'm looking for just a stash, it'll probably be Tony over Shepard. Um, but, you know, even even with that, like, I don't know if I'm holding on to Kadarius Tony right now, um, it, you know, on my bench if I need to pick up some other guys. Yeah. Uh, so I have Jamal Williams here at 18. This might be a little bit low depending on your running back needs. Um, but he's, he's rostered in 58% of leagues. So, you know, he might not be rostered in yours. Uh, but still like he's somebody who's getting work in the run game. If you need a running back, you know, if you need a backup running back, he's the handcuff to DeAndre Swift. Um, and you know, he should be rostered and, you know, he would, he will likely, you know, last year when DeAndre Swift got hurt, you know, Jamal Williams wasn't necessarily the every down handcuffed to him he did get some help but jamal williams was a little bit banged up as well um but you know this year jamal williams has looked good you know he's gotten the goal line carries as well so and and on a lions offense that's looking a lot better um you know he might he might get have some more value than he had last year you know even with deandre swift getting his um jamal williams is still potentially getting like 10 to 15 carries a game yeah definitely and the weird thing is you know i want to say that jamal williams is a really good pickup you know, he's just a good pickup for me because who the heck is Craig Williams? Why is why is he getting, you know, rushes? Do you, I don't know if you watched the game, but yeah, Craig well, Williams you know had, like, think... he had like a 50-yard run. It's like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he had nine snaps in this game, uh, Craig Williams, and, you know, DeAndre Swift was a little bit banged up, so that's probably oh, it why. It might be Craig Reynolds. That might be his name. Craig Reynolds. Craig yeah, Reynolds, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I just combined Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds. That's my <laughs> <Craig> bad. <Williams. laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably because Swift was a little bit banged up and, you know, he got yeah. a few few snaps. But, yeah, it was just it was just fluky. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but it's true because you think, like, Jamal Williams, he'd be the every down back. You know, he profiles like that, I think. Uh, I think that he has it in him. They just don't give it to him. So, yeah, that's um, the only thing with him. It's worth it. I think Jamal Williams, he's even worth the start as a flex, even with DeAndre Swift playing, because it seems to be the Lions' motto to have DeAndre Swift run them down to the goal line and then they pull him out of Jamal Williams. <laughs> pretty, in. pretty much. Because I think, what does he have? Three touchdowns already, Jamal Williams this year? Yeah. So that's, that's. I mean, he's a goal line back. I'll, I'll give him that. So that's kind of where you're going to get your, he's going to make his money there. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's a good pickup. Obviously, take him if he's on the waiver wire. I don't expect him to be on the waiver wire, but if he's there, you know, pick him up. Greg Dortch got a touchdown in this game. Yeah. <laughs> we're really, we're really digging deep here. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he ended up, you know, with the target share in week one and then a week two didn't necessarily get the target share, but did end up, end up scoring the touchdown. He's still playing the Rondell Moore role out of the slot. And, you know, if Rondell Moore misses, Rondell Moore didn't practice at all last week. It's possible that that continues uh, with his soft tissue injury. So if that does right. continue, Dortch will continue to run out of the slot as one of the most important, you know, aspects of this Cardinals uh, offense. Um, so he will continue to be involved if that's the case. And if you're in a PPR league, you know, you can throw him in your lineup if you're desperate. Yeah. I got Nelson Aguilar here at 20. Um, you know, he, you know, he has that big playability, you know, for the Patriots. You know, he is. So right now, um, let me look at his usage real quick. So 
it's interesting because I want to see how many routes he's running compared to Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne took a back seat, um, you know, to these guys. So, you know, last yeah. last year he was playing, you know, in those three wide receiver sets, but Nelson Aguilar ended up running more routes than him, eight more routes than him in this game, ended up with six targets um, and had a big game. Um, you know, he's a big play guy. So, you know, if you're in a, in a standard league, I would say, or a half-point PPR league, deep league, 12-team, 14-team, um, you know, he could potentially be on your radar as well. Yeah. Um, and a couple guys just rattle off at the end here. You know, Khalil Herbert, you know, we mentioned him as being, you know, the every-down handcuff to uh, David Montgomery. You have Evan Ingram, you know, who actually, you know, kind of uh, started doing his thing. You know, we mentioned him as potentially playing a role, uh, playing a big role on this offense, and he ended up, you know, getting a bunch of targets in this game and had a very high route participation. So uh, it could stick. It could stick uh, for a team that's going to be passing the ball a lot. Um, so keep him on your radar if you need a tight end. Right. Jordan Mason, um, you know, look at him right now. So it was Tyrion Davis Price uh, and not Jordan Mason who got the second crack uh, behind Jeff Wilson in, in week two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but TDP ended up with a high ankle sprain. So he's going to be out for a while. Um, so that leaves the, the, that leaves the door open for Jordan Mason as the number two behind Jeff Wilson. So if you need a bench stash, uh, you know, for Jeff Wilson, who you know number one hasn't been able to stay healthy when he gets when he does end up getting the job, uh, and number two, you know, he, he Jeff Wilson, uh, he did he look good th- this past week. So yeah. you know, I don't think you know he's leaving the door open for another back to take over for him right now. Right. So yeah. keep that in mind. Um, so, you know, that's why Jordan Mason isn't necessarily a priority pickup right now. However, we, these 49ers, I don't know what's up with these 49ers running backs, man. Everybody gets hurt. Like, yeah. I don't know what is going on with them. Like, it's a curse. You know, and look <laughs> at Trey Lance. He went run, running up the middle, getting hurt. Like, what is going on with, with these 49ers, you know, running backs? Well, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't help that they've played in like slop the last two weeks. You know, yeah, it, it sucks that they open the season with that because, like, that could very well contribute to it. And it, it's just disappointing. And not just from a fantasy perspective, but just from football. As football fans, you know, you hate to see all these players going down so early. 100%. 100%. Um, I also have Tyler Algier here late. Um, he ended up, you know, being the guy for Damian Williams, uh, who, who you know, is on IR right, right now, so he'll miss at least three more games. Um, you know, I don't think Algier should be put in lineups, but if you're in a deeper league, you know, he is – he did get, I think, 10 carries in this game um, as he – and he could – his role can increase moving forward, but he didn't look particularly good uh, behind yeah. Cordell Patterson. So um, some tight end streamers, uh, Hayden Hurst, you know, on a good offense. He got some targets in this game, high rap participation. Evan Ingram, like I mentioned. Logan Thomas, you know, he he's not – he doesn't have like a, a, a very, very high rap participation right now, uh, but he did get the touchdown last week. Uh, and his routes are going up. So we did see a jump from week one to week two, and he is coming off that ACL injury. So we could see that ramp up a little bit more as the season goes on. Uh, Tyler Conklin, he ran the most routes of any tight end over the first two weeks of the season. Uh, he was targeted in week two. So he's somebody that, you know, as Joe Flacco is throwing 60 passes a game, uh, he could potentially benefit from, benefit from that. Irv Smith, we mentioned him earlier today. Uh, you know, he's somebody that, you know, you could pick up and start in week three. Uh, his routes went up. He's not all the way there just yet. Um, but you know, he did, I think he was what second on this team in targets behind Justin Jefferson. So, um, you know, somebody to keep an eye on do any of these names kind of, well, obviously if Gerald Everett's available in your league, pick him up first before any of these guys, um, yeah. but do any of these names kind of stand out to you? Nothing that really stands out to streamers me. this week. They're all potential streamers for me. I'm not, you know, particularly ecstatic about any of them. Um, they're just tight ends right now. That's kind of the range that we're talking about. I'm not a huge fan of any of them. <laughs> of course, it's hard to be. It's hard to be a fan yeah. of these guys. Um, I, some quarterback streamers, uh, Joe Flacco, like you mentioned, 50, 50 uh, 60 t- uh, f- uh, attempts a game against yeah. Cincinnati. Um, Marcus Mariota in Seattle, you know, that offense isn't looking great, but he is getting some 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 design rushing attempts. Uh, Drake London's looking like the real deal. So there is some potential value there against a Seattle's defense who, you know, might not right. be as good as, you know, they've performed over the first two weeks. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, some defensive streamers as well. Let's go over some of that. Uh, Browns at home. They're available in a bunch of leagues. They're going up against the Steelers at home. That, that should be a good one for mm-hmm. them. Uh, Eagles uh, in Washington against Carson Wentz. Uh, Chicago at home against Houston. Uh, Chiefs in Atlanta. And the Bengals at home against the Jets. And yeah, uh, yeah 
it's weird. You know, maybe the Jets aren't really an uh, uh, what's called offense to play against. You know, if you have your defense playing against them, the Jets' offense kind of looks pretty good <laughs> with Joe Flacco. Now, obviously, it was rough to start the game, but um, Joe Flacco seems much better than he was in past years. It seems like he's getting back to vintage Joe Flacco for now. Could well, we he didn't see? look great in week one. Yeah. In, we, in week see? one, he did not look good at all. Like Week one, he was just like, I don't know. It, it no. was – he was not looking I guess good. you would you would know as a resident Jets fan. But um, – In week one, yeah. No, week one. I mean, in week two – and then going into week two, I was not, you know, excited about that situation. Uh, I don't think you were excited about the game even until the last two minutes. <laughs> 100%. For yeah. sure. Except you know, maybe Garrett we're... Wilson getting a touchdown though. That yeah, know. I mean, you know, the Corey Davis ended up getting open. You know, it was a it was broken coverage, and he ended up getting it open. And you know, they, they were down six points, and then that onside kick, they got the onside kick, and whoo, there you go. Yeah, suddenly there's hope, and, and then yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool situation because you know Robert Sala, like that week, you know, the whole week, you know, <laughs> he was getting heat, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he was getting serious heat after that week one loss, and the way they lost two against the Ravens. Um, and he's like, hey, man, I'm keeping receipts, you know, the whole yeah. week. That's what he was saying. Uh, and they ended up with the win against the Browns, at, you know, in Cleveland. So, you know, yeah. a little bit of a positive, you know, positivity for the Jets. But we'll see how long that lasts. Some good <laughs> vibes. Yeah. Enjoy it for now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right, guys. Um, we, you know, we'll, we'll get back to our normally normal waiver wire show uh, next week. You know, this week is just a little bit hectic with me on the road traveling. Uh, so we'll get back to, like, the normal way we do things next week. Uh, in terms of the waiver wire show, but tomorrow, I'm not 100% sure if we'll have a podcast. You know, these the, we usually do a uh, you know a, a buy and sell trade podcast. I'm going to try to get that going. I uh, have a little bit of a busy day today and tomorrow, but uh, I'm going to try to get that uh, going for you guys. Uh, and then on Thursday, you know, we'll be back with the matchups uh, for sure. Uh, you know, on YouTube live. Uh, so on Thursday, we usually do at nine, right? So yeah. 9 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday and then, uh, noon Eastern time on Friday, we'll go over, uh, all of the rankings that we, that we have. Um, yeah. And, and that'll be it. So that's it for this podcast, guys. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Talk to you later. Bye.